Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. Formula One 2020's opening triple header continues and things are gearing up for this weekend's Hungarian Grand Prix. The pre-event media sessions dominated proceedings at the Hungara Ring today and we're going to discuss today's biggest talking points in the first of our F1 Weekend Bite Size Podcasts. Joining me to do that live from Hungary is motorsport.com's F1 editor, Jonathan Noble. How are you, John? And I understand you've just run the track. So did you set a personal best time around the Hungara Ring? No, I'm well, well off my personal best time. But I'm so, after spending yesterday trapped in my Airbnb, because obviously we're not, as a UK citizen, we're not allowed out, not allowed to do anything. Uh, having loads of time yesterday to ponder where I could have gone running, because there are some great places to run in Budapest. Couldn't do it. My garden wasn't really big enough to go for a run. So I took my stuff to the track this morning, and when I found out, yep, you can run it, I did it. It was great. It was busy, really, really busy. So I think a lot of the um, kind of mechanics and staff have made the most of it, really. So I think everyone's going a bit, uh, getting a bit of cabin fever this weekend. Quite literally, in the case of the Formula One teams in the paddock, they've only got their wooden cabins as opposed yeah. to the hospitality units. But yeah, how was how was travelling from Austria and getting into Hungary? Were there any border fiascos that were the listeners need to be aware of? No, straightforward. After all the the panic and concern and worry. Um, and stress about, you know, what paperwork do we need? The border restrictions were changing on Wednesday. Have I got the right certificate on me? Will the letter be good enough to get across? Do we need to fill out a Hungarian police form? In the end, I jumped on the train at Vienna and straight through the border town stop with no police there into into Budapest, no checks, picked my car up straight here. So all dead easy. So I could have had uh, lots more sleep than I managed to get at the start of the week. 
Well, good to hear that you're all safe and well and uh, and, and, and benefiting from uh, getting out onto running the Hungara Ring, which I know as a runner, having done an undulating marathon, the Edinburgh Marathon. The hills of the track weren't too difficult for you this evening then? Well, and luckily, bizarrely, because I'm not not the strongest of runners. In fact, I'm probably nearer the weakest than the, anything else. Because we can't get onto the get through the pit lane, it's all banned to us. So I have to start at the second to last corner. So actually, it was an easier run today because you kill off that last climb up to the final corner <clears throat> and then it's all downhill, the final sector. So I'm always one that likes to finish on a downhill. Let's get into some of the big news stories from the day. And once again, potential driver changes sort of dominated proceedings, as it were. It was kicked off, actually, though, with a team that's not going to be changing its drivers, it seems, for 2021. George Russell basically announced in a press conference he's staying put at Williams. Now, this was this was already known. He was on a three-year deal that was announced previously. But I think there'd been a lot of speculation, obviously, because we know, as, as it stands, Lewis Hamilton certainly hasn't um, confirmed that he's going to be staying on with Mercedes, as we expect, into 2021. Things have probably changed now with Valtteri Bottas. We think he is in position to stay with Mercedes. I think... You know, this this Russell thing, although it wasn't straight news that he would be staying as, as opposed to like a confirmation of like, you know, staying on as we already knew, more of a move to just stop people speculating about what might be happening with him and Mercedes, would you say? Yeah, I mean, it, was, it, it, was no, it wasn't news and it was news in some respects because he's been under a contract anyway and the team's been quite clear from the start that they believe he's a huge asset and they're going to keep hold of him and they don't let him go. But sometimes teams say things like that to entice people to come in with huge money offers. So you've always got to be a bit aware of why, why people are saying things. But with the development that, that Valter is, you know, all but certain to stay now, they've, they've pretty much agreed they're going to carry on. Now it moves forward to finalise in terms of contract. Lewis Hamilton, I'm sure, will stay. No reason why either of them will part company. or just, just a question of, you know, ticking off the, the right terms on the contract. So George's only, you know, real possibility would be if one of them moved on for next year. But that's looking highly unlikely. Um, and I think it's just a general tick box that, you know, there is no room at Mercedes for him next year. So he's staying at Williams. At least it ends, ends the speculation. And now he can focus on the future. And ultimately, you know, a third year at Williams will put him in a really, really good position for 2022. And I think he'll be, you know, eyeing what's going on with Valtteri and Lewis over, over that period. But it's no, no bad thing to have three years, you know, fighting in a, a team that's not at the front to iron out all your weaknesses, develop your strengths, know the know the thing because as soon as you get into a top team you've got to deliver straight away if you thrust George into a Mercedes now against Lewis Hamilton in his second season and it'd be a you know a huge mountain to climb so slow and steady wins the marathon as you may Indeed. well know well no that was an that was an abject just a day of pain and 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 tears and general <laughs> underwhelmingness there which none of which I predict in George Russell's future hopefully uh, but interestingly across the garage at Williams Nicholas Latifi also saying essentially the same thing he's on a multi-year deal so he'll be with Williams next season but of course there remains the sort of the question mark over the you know the team's strategic review which includes the potential for the sale of the entire team so you know they do have contracts they're they're expected to be in place next year but circumstances could yet change that means those contracts as we will come on to discuss when it comes to another driver in the paddock in the news at the moment those contracts might not necessarily mean anything potentially well but i think it's like anything isn't it that you know as as one of the drivers will talk about quite soon said uh, until you actually jump in the race car on a race weekend you're never guaranteed to be racing for that team because so you know circumstances can change owners can change payoffs can happen uh fallouts can happen so nothing's ever guaranteed that things won't change basically but I mean we're as sure as we can be that those two are in for next year pending obviously anything dramatic happening in at the top 
Absolutely, absolutely. Well, yes, let's come on to uh, the driver who we were alluding to there, Sergio Perez. And obviously this involves Sebastian Vettel as well and the potential for Vettel to go to Racing Point, which will become Aston Martin for 2021. Now that he knows he's leaving Ferrari, there's not, you know, there's no seats available at the top teams. Uh, Renault confirming Fernando Alonso shut that door, obviously. Let's start with Perez. It was very interesting watching the press conference that he was in alongside his teammate Lance Stroll, who is, of course, key to this because his dad owns the team. And, you know, it could yet be Lance Stroll that has to make way for Sebastian Vettel. Although, judging by his his body language and his words in the press conference, he's pretty determined for that not to be him. So what did you make of the two racing point drivers this afternoon, John? Uh, I thought it was very interesting how Sergio was going to approach this. Because this is, I think this has come out of the blue to him. I don't think he, you know, as we left um, Austria last week, I don't think he would have expected to have his future in doubt. You know, had, had a sensational charge through the field. Uh, it's clearly emerged as that, you know, team's fastest driver at the moment. I think, you know, talking about a man challenging for podiums, potentially, you know, the right circumstances, he could be winning races this year. That that car is so good on the on the right track. And then suddenly he's facing a potential future outside Formula One. So uh, as always, when um, contracts are being looked at and evaluated and there's potential break clauses, teams, teams and drivers don't talk about, oh yes, this could happen or I'm unhappy or anything that could put them in breach of contract because that's often a, often a get out. So if things have fallen apart, you, you see quotes from management about, I have full faith in this technical director, I have full faith in this team boss, or I have full faith in this driver, even though they're looking to to get rid of them or, you know, you never ever breach the, bring a contract into disrepute. So Sergio was very clear today, I've got a contract in place, um, which is true. He does have a contract for next year, but he didn't really get into the, the possibility of this break clause that's, that we understand exists by the end of July. So Racing Point can activate it to pay him off going into next year. And that's where we're standing at the moment. What is interesting though is are now timeframes because Sebastian Vettel talked today about, I'm not in a rush to decide. Um, I've got loose talks. That's all they are at the moment. We haven't moved on to the, the next stage yet, but time's running short. There's only a, you know, maybe two weeks max to get this thing sorted. So it's gonna be interesting seeing how that dynamic plays out. And especially what racing points say this weekend as well. Would it be the case that the team would have to pay off, pay for him to not see out that contract next year and get him to, to get him to leave the team? Is that what that break clause means or is it, is it not that simple? Uh, well, no, I mean, I guess only a few people know the exact terms of the contract, which, you know, would be Sergio, his manager, some lawyers, racing point and their lawyers. So we, we don't know the exact terms, but normally, you know, contracts will have particular break clauses that either, you know, Sergio Perez may have one that would allow him to leave. So if Ferrari had come knocking, there would probably have been a break clause somewhere in that contract to allow him to leave. Uh, probably would have needed a payoff from that team to to the team, but equally vice versa, you know, it it's clearly works the other way. They will have settled on whether it's a payoff or whether it's a, a clean break or something, but I'm sure there will be some compensation in there for Sergio, considering this is a, you know, a three-year contract he, he originally signed for. Yeah, and that was something that he mentioned earlier on this year when I spoke to him during lockdown. It was like, you know, finally, this is the first time ever with the team I don't really have to worry about my future because I've secured it. And again, it's it's, it's a strange thing again that we're, you know, you're, you're at the Hungara ring talking about the future of Sergio Perez when it comes to Racing Point, obviously formerly Force India when it collapsed or that entity collapsed two years ago. So something about this track always, always, there's always question marks about Perez's future, it seems. Yeah, and I th- just think it's, it's bizarrely, 
you know, the circumstances, no one could have predicted the circumstances of this year. So in a normal season, July 31st is normally the mid- midway point of the year. Normally you'd have a fairly clear indication of if a team's, you know, failing badly or a driver's failing badly, then, you know, it's time to look at a, a change going forward. You never would have expected to activate this clause. And the team would never have expected Sebastian Vettel to be on the market and probably never expected this car to be so quick. And probably even when the contract was signed, you know, didn't expect the Aston Martin potential, the value that Vettel could bring to that um, as a marketing platform. So all these all these things have come out of the uh, coronavirus pandemic, basically, with all a consequence of that. And we've got this perfect storm of circumstances that's unfortunately doesn't seem to be working in Sergio's favour. No, but it, but it is interesting as well to think about those sort of the pandemic circumstances because, you know, finances aren't aren't great at Aston Martin. We know Lawrence Stroll is in control now, but it just seems that it would be another expense if it means getting rid of Sergio Perez. But as you say, it must just be worth it or we think that they must think it's worth it to bring in a driver of Vettel's quality and, and also his image and, and you know, the, the record that he brings. Yeah, that's, that's the, the thing I do find slightly strange is that you know, Sergio comes with healthy backing, support from Mexico. That's been very influential in the team's budget. So you can only imagine that the break clause will cost the team money, that will cost them sponsorship money. Sebastian won't be cheap. You know, it may not be hugely expensive and commanding the, the money he wanted at Ferrari, but it seems to be a negative on the money front. So there must be some bigger picture at play here or... Um, Potentially, has he been offered shares in Aston Martin, or is there, you know, some some other way that this this deal's being funded, or what does Lawrence Stroll see in the, the you know the value of having Sebastian Vettel on board, the Aston Martin project going forward? Is that worth in terms of marketing? Is that worth much much more than the the balance sheet on this deal? And is the other side of this is it, is we, we, we you know how how safe is is Lance Stroll effectively like he, because there is there is an argument to be made that maybe if things aren't going right for him this is the the best way for him to 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 bow out almost because you it'd be like right well it's my dad's team and if I go I get him a full-time world champion do you think that's a a vague possibility I wouldn't totally rule it out I know the focus has been on Sergio Perez but if you were you came at came with this team from a purely neutral perspective and look to the performance of the two drivers and you think we've got Sebastian Vettel to come on board, I think the logic would dictate you take Sergio and Sebastian. That's, and that's a fantastic lineup. Two strong drivers guaranteed both to be bringing you decent points uh, and moving forwards. But we know there's a, the family connection with Lawrence. Um, how much that weighs will weigh over the desire he has and his investors have for that point of view in terms of Aston Martin. We don't know yet. Um, I did throw a question uh, to Lance today in the press conference about, you know, amid the rumours, would you consider stepping aside if Sebastian was available for the team or are you determined to carry on? And he mumbled, determined to carry on, and then was asked to repeat it. So it wasn't a very long answer. I mean, I'd say it's unlikely, but I'd never say never in this sport. Both drivers fairly uh, fairly tight-lipped. Um, well, just before we, we come on, we're going to talk about uh, Ferrari again at the end. Um you mentioned Sergio Perez's backing. Do you think there are some drivers at other teams, for example, Alfa Romeo and Haas, that are suddenly very worried about the potential massive backing that he could offer to one of their teams? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think if Sergio, obviously it's not ideal timing for Sergio because you know a lot of the prime seats have now gone. Um, but he comes with decent backing 
And he's for uh, any team, I think he's you know a really good option because he shows he's quick, shows he's consistent, shows he can finish on the podium, uh, and he comes with money. So it's the perfect solution for any team, um, basically. So if you were Haas, if you were Alpha, um, I think you'd absolutely jump on the prospect of him. And Sergio's clear today he'd had an approach uh, once once the news of the the Vettel link appeared. So I would suspect. Um, that's Haas I think they've spoken in the past as well uh, you know who knows where that could go you know we know Gene Haas is weighing up his future in Formula 1 could we see the Mexican backers decide to take over take a, you know shares in the team or ownership of the team and we have Telmex Formula 1 led by Sergio Perez and it's interesting to hear Roman Grosjean describe that uh, the, the, the potential future of the Haas team in Formula 1 as the elephant in the room when it comes to, to everybody's future well, exactly. I mean, it's been a year of tremendous dominoes. I mean, no one could have predicted the driver market shaking up the way it has. Um, and it's all been fueled by the, the unique circumstances we're living in right now. Uh, we know Gene was questioning things at the start of the season. Current competitiveness of the team, you know, wouldn't be an automatic tick for him to say, I'm going to stay, definitely stay and commit. Because he wants to win in Formula 1. He wants to be successful. And there is a chance from 2022 that can happen but does he still want to keep pumping tens and tens of millions of his own pounds into this business if he doesn't really have a hope of moving forwards but you know you get someone like Sergio with some backing suddenly the budget you know looks a lot healthier uh, and then that's the platform to move forwards we're going to move on to the last sort of topic area we're going to we're going to discuss on this bite-sized podcast and that is Ferrari which as I wrote in a in a column I did for autosport.com plus earlier on this week there was some pretty honest but quite damning feedback because we know from team principal Mattia Bonotto last weekend saying that the the updates and the performance in the wet and qualifying had not been worthy of a team with the name of Ferrari the Styrian Grand Prix then there was the collision, which is even less worthy of a team named Ferrari between Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc who caused it. But Vettel was asked in the press conference today about those updates and what he made of them. And he said they were not a game changer. And John, you've had confirmation tonight that the cars this weekend, the both Ferrari cars will run in exactly the same spec as they were last weekend before the accident. And it's not. it seems that actually that that update was more comprehensive than we perhaps realised in terms of we were expecting more bits to be added on in Hungary, but Ferrari just bought the whole thing a week early. Is that right? Yeah, because teams are quite secretive about what they what updates they bring or how much has changed. Uh, you know, often you'll go to a team to ask for some clarification on are you running this wing or is, is this a new wing or a new bit? And they'll say, well, go and look for yourself, basically. They don't want it to give any information away that could be of benefit to their rivals, even though their rivals probably already know and have got all their secret photographers having downloaded everything within seconds. Um, so we didn't really know what, what came in Austria, how much of it was the full package? Was it part? Was it everything? But I spoke to Ferrari tonight. Um, so basically it was the, the original Hungary package that was going to be this new step for the um, SF1000. Uh, all of that did come last weekend. So it was the full package. They managed to fast track into Austria um, but obviously a bit inconclusive because they lost free practice three uh, we had a wet qualifying and then zero race miles basically or well maybe <clears throat> one and a half kilometers or something uh, so they didn't get the data they want so there's still a bit of uncertainty about where they're at um, so I think this weekend is kind of crunch for understanding that update and where where they 
go forwards. But I think there's more coming from what I understand that, you know, this isn't the end of the, this isn't kind of the final update and they, they stop here. They're going to keep ploughing on, bringing new bits and stuff. But I think they want some answers this weekend on, you know, how much of a step forward are these changes? Indeed, it was interesting to hear uh, Charles Leclerc's team radio in the aftermath of that accident, because if anybody's wondering why he had to retire his car, it's because he was told that he'd lost over 100 points worth of downforce in the accident. So it was, it, it pretty much wrecked everything. So there's no way they were going to be getting any conclusive data of those cars. But it's interesting, again, like, I think, obviously, we know that the the main the real real big problem or the real certain headline problem with the Ferrari this year is the is the engine and the power deficit that you can just you can you can see in all of the lap times you saw in in Austria and obviously it was very evident at winter testing as well back in February, but even last year when it had its engine whatever it was doing that was making it so powerful Hungary was not a good race for Ferrari uh, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton were away and gone for the victory and again they're not expecting to have a good race this weekend despite the fact it's not a power dependent track so are we expecting this to be another weekend of misery for Ferrari I think yeah Charles Leclerc mentioned that that you know this wasn't a strong track for them last year but the aero concept this new update should be different you know there's a suggestion that what's you know one of the, the factors in what's happened is that they were designed as aero package around last year's power figures so the fact the engines appears to have taken a step back this year means there's far too much drag for the the power level they're, they're pushing out. So that's tilted things one way and now trying to kind of rebalance that to, to get the, the aero levels correct because we see a majority of their drop-off is, is on the straights. So if they have made step forward in corners, which they claim they have, then it should be more evident this weekend and they should be closer to the front than they were in Austria. And they need to be closer to the front in Austria because Austria, for a team like Ferrari, as Matthias said, that wasn't really good enough. John, let's end with what what are you looking forward to about the on-track action this weekend? Obviously, maybe a hope for Ferrari or or potentially more misery for them. But what about the battle for the front? What do you you think we should keep an eye out for? Well, I think obviously the the Red Bull factor is important because Red Bull need a strong weekend this weekend. You know, if they can maintain that pace. The teams are talking about the speed through turns three and four last weekend was where the Red Bull, especially turn three, was pretty consistently faster than the Mercedes. And a lot of the corners here are similar, similar speed and nature to that so that could give them optimism but I think one interesting factor also is even if Red Bull are quick here if they beat Mercedes prove their car is good in high downforce tracks unfortunately for them let's look at the nature of the calendar it's shifted towards low downforce basically so with no Monaco no Singapore no Mexico we've lost all the high downforce tracks where Red Bull have traditionally been very very strong so you've shifted a calendar towards where Mercedes appears to have the advantage. So, you know, maybe one of the other consequences of the pandemic is a, is a shifted calendar that's helped Mercedes even more. Well, that, that little Mercedes squad, you know, it always needs all the help it can get, really, let's face it. But there we go. Well, we'll be very interested to see how everything plays out this weekend. The on-track action gets underway tomorrow. John, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks to everybody at home for listening. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine is out today and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There will be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast.
music is 6am by trilo written by marcus simmons see soundcloud.com slash trilo music Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.